It was early October, and traders over the NYSE were in a especially good mood, giddy even. They had been climbing that wall of worry that we're always hearing about, and along comes a, another piece of welcome news from the Federal Reserve of all places, which seemed to push them right over top of the wall and into the promised land of prosperity. The Federal Reserve Open Market Committee had met the month before, and the minutes that they were publishing that particular day within them contained everything that a stock trader could possibly want. The, the, the uh, policymakers leaving open the possibility of more punch bowl. What happened? Well, I'll let CNN of all places tell you about what, what, uh, what followed after that. Stocks rallied Tuesday, sending the Dow and S&P 500 to all-time highs as investors breathed a sigh of relief that the minutes from the last Fed meeting supported hopes for another interest rate cut by the end of the year. It continues, the market had a desire to keep going up and there was nothing in the minutes to prevent it, said Paul Mendelson, President and Chief Investment Officer at Wyndham Financial Services. There had been concerns over the economy up until that point, but now the Federal Reserve was getting into action. It was starting to cut rates, which many in the, uh, especially at the stock market over at the NYSE said, that's going to help the economy enormously, taking our minds off of every possible macro worry because they've got us covered. We can say the FOMC is on the case so bye, bye, bye. It continues. There's more. I think the market had a knee-jerk reaction to the idea that the Fed can cut rates more if they need to, said Steve Goldman, market analyst at Whedon & Company. Goldman said that while the minutes didn't particularly reveal anything new, investors were probably relieved to see the central bankers, quote, confirming what people have been thinking anyway. Bad news in the economy is good news at the FOMC. This idea that if the economy even stumbles slightly, along will come policymakers to rescue not just it, but in rescuing the economy, will do things that the stock market absolutely loves or claims to love. The power of rate cuts. I think that was a Huey Lewis song in the 1980s. Don't need money, don't take fame, get out your credit card and play Bernanke's game. At least I think that's what the words were. This was all in October of 2007. Yeah, you heard me right. On October 9th, 2007, the Fed minutes came out from the September 2007 meeting where policymakers looked at the subprime mortgage crisis that they said had been contained earlier now thought, oh, maybe it's starting to knock the economy into a weakened state. And they cut the, the federal funds rate, the federal funds target rate. The federal funds rate did something very different, which I don't have time to get into today. They cut their federal funds target by 50 basis points, igniting a rally in risk assets. The Fed has got our back. Here is the Greenspan put being put to great use by none other than Mr. Ben Bernanke. Stocks celebrated, reached all-time highs on October 9th. Two days later, they would get a new intraday high in the S&P 500 and then wouldn't see those levels again for six years. 
What were what was everybody missing? Why was there so much faith? Because it really is faith. It's not science. It's not evidence. Why was there so much faith in rate cuts of all things? Let's examine all those things as well as what central bankers are up to right now where they're talking rate hikes, but already markets can see at least a pause and then the rollover into rate cuts on the horizon. What does all of this mean? That's what, that's what we'll get into next. And I promise I won't bring up more any 80s songs and lyrics. But first, I am Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. I do appreciate it. And if you are really interested, we won't do any songs and lyrics and singing at Eurodollar University, but there are memberships available where we get into background details, history, fundamentals, concepts, the, the stuff of finance and money that they should teach you in school but never do. All the things that you've heard about maybe whispered in the background, in the shadows, we go into the shadows. Whether it's a membership, exclusive videos and background and stuff like that, or in our research subscriptions, the daily briefing, partnership with Markets Insider Pro, or the deep dive analysis, which does exactly what the name says. Dive deep into all of these things. Not just central banks, but money and finance and where central banks actually fit into the overall framework. All of the information available at eurodollar.university. The problem with the stock market reaching a record, well, there's obviously several problems with the stock market reaching a record high in early October 19, uh, 2007. Number one, the, uh, the worst monetary than financial than economic crisis since the Great Depression was already underway by then. Stocks were peaking, going up, giddiness at the New York Stock Exchange even after the point of no return had been reached. Worse than that, we had been told that the point of no return had been reached by bonds, which were screaming bloody murder at that point. They were telling you that there was an out-of-control, maniacal monetary system that had already fatally or near-fatally stabbed the global economy. This was all publicly available. But because we're taught to filter all our analysis through central bankers and economists, who have no idea what the hell they're talking about or doing, everybody looked at, at the latter stages of summer 2007 and all the massive events that were going on and said, I'm not going to worry about that because Ben Bernanke's got us covered. The Fed has this thing. We don't know what it is, but geez, they say when they cut rates, that's powerful stimulus. And all of the media tells us the same thing, that rate cuts, that's enormous stimulus. And oh, by golly, in September 2007, the Federal Reserve cut rates by 50 basis points. Oh, wow. What's, what massive stimulus. And now we hear in the minutes this, the suggestions from the committee that they're open to doing even more. So whatever our problems must have been in this housing subprime business doesn't matter. They're going to cut rates to make sure that the economy, the markets, everything does just fine. Let's continue with some more from CNN. Joe Balestrino, a senior portfolio manager for fixed income investments at Federated Investors in Pittsburgh, he said investors may be coming to the realization that the Fed's half point cut may keep the economy from sliding into a housing induced recession and that the worst may be over. One could conclude 
that order has been restored to the financial markets. This may be just a gross slowdown with modest inflation, Balestrino said, adding that this is a quasi-Goldilocks scenario similar to the mid-1990s. Man, these 150 basis point rate cut could conclude that could restore order to keep a recession from happening. Brian Stein, investment strategist with Allegiant Asset Management Company in Cleveland, agreed that this could be similar to the mid-1990s. He said the main reason the stock market rallied on the Fed minutes is because it seems that the Fed has things under control. Seems that the Fed has things under control. Quote, on the one hand, the Fed seemed to indicate that we're not headed for a recession, but that they also think the outlook on inflation has improved. This is the path the Fed wants us to go on, moderate economic activity with inflation abating. They have the tools, they have the power, they have the knowledge. The Federal Reserve has got it, has got us all covered. What did he say? The Fed meant because it seems that the Fed has things under control. Seems to who? Or is it to whom? Because again, the bond market was saying, oh no, these, these people have nothing under control. And very quickly, we would see that would be the case. Why didn't stocks continue to rally after early October 2007? One reason was the Great Recession began within a matter of weeks. The official recession began within a matter of weeks. The unofficial start of the recession was much earlier in 2007. So it wasn't necessarily economic weakness. It was the growing realization that these tools don't have the tools at all, nor the knowledge. What they said was going to happen is not what ended up happening. I mean, Ben Bernanke in March of 2007 said subprime was contained. By, October, by August of 2007, we got the feeling that maybe that wasn't the case. And by October, after October, there was a sense that, yeah, maybe not too. In early December of 2007, the Fed took things up a notch, at least according to their own policies. Where they had done a 50 basis point rate cut in September, there was another rate cut at the end of October. And then in December, there was these things called TAF and overseas dollar swaps, which were meant to help quell a global dollar problem. But see, from the logic, for lack of a better term, of the stock market, the Fed had everything under control using nothing more than rate cuts. Rate cuts that were supposed to be enormously powerful. And if rate cuts are enormously powerful, why did they have to invent these new monetary programs, supposedly monetary programs? Because that would make it seem that, number one, maybe the rate cuts weren't working. And number two, whatever was going on seemed to be getting worse, not better. It seemed as if the Fed was having to invent new tools after telling everybody they had all the tools and knowledge. And this time went on, of course, we saw greater and greater consequences. In the monetary system, things like hedge funds starting to fail, then eventually Bear Stearns before the actual economy took the hits that the Federal Reserve assured everybody nobody would take. Not just the Fed, but all of its mouthpieces across the media saying the same thing. Don't worry, the Fed has got it under control. 
But as time went on, rate cuts didn't make a difference. The Fed's new tools didn't seem to help. And even the stock market began to sense, uh-oh, we are in big trouble. And in that big trouble realization goes back before the rate cuts. Because the rate cuts are, in fact, nothing more than the Fed's response to the uh-oh. Rate cuts don't help keep the uh-oh from happening. They are a response to it having already happened. But since these things are always a process, and there's a process with the economy rolling over, as I've mentioned numerous times as the economy in 2022 began to roll over, which leads to all of this sort of confusion, confusion and ambiguity, including in mainstream policies at various central banks, not just the Federal Reserve. They all practice the same standard econometrics anyway. So there's a process for the economy to roll over. There's a process for central bankers to realize the economy's rolling over and begin to start throwing their magic tools at the problem, which never seems to solve it. Yesterday, of course, was the FOMC meeting. We got the minute or we got the statement as well as the press conference from Jay Powell, who made it very clear that the Fed is in the process of rolling over. It doesn't know that, but it has taken the first step. Here's what Powell said yesterday. We can now say, I think for the first time, that the disinflationary process has started. We can see that and we see it really in goods prices so far. No kidding. You look at the CPI from the first half of 2022, it looks absolutely nothing like the CPI in the second half. Even core prices, when you account for owner's equity, owner's equivalent rent, I always say equity. That's what the E means to me. Anyway, you look at owner's equivalent rents, you take that out, core prices, big difference between the first half of the year and the second half of the year. But here's, he's not ready to believe that that means economic weakness, just like the Fed wasn't ready to believe that, or all of its all of the market observers, quote unquote, back in 2007, they weren't ready to believe just yet that things had gotten that serious. So here's Powell again yesterday. Given our outlook, I don't see us cutting rates this year if our outlook comes true. See, that's the thing. The Fed's outlook is completely worthless. It's less than garbage. That's what bonds were screaming about in 2007, as I covered in previous videos, going back through what policymakers were stating, stating, especially in October 2007, when they said the economy seems to be holding up relatively well. We're cutting some rates. It seems to be working. We have all this housing stuff. There's financial volatility. But the data doesn't look all that bad until it did. And bonds were telling you all along, this is not going to end well. This is going to produce rate cuts, which are not a good thing. Those are an acknowledgement by officials of all the bad things that we've been telling you about. And so here is Jay Powell in 2023 beginning his process toward what will eventually become rate cuts. Whether he knows it or not, he at least knows enough to throw that qualifier in there. We don't plan on cutting rates as long as our outlook comes true. That's not, that's not spoken like a man who's truly confident in his forecasting. The Fed knows what's going on here. The risks they say are still tilted toward inflation, but privately, I'll bet you, I'll wager that there's been more discussions about recession, especially given the way markets have behaved, especially given the way the one part of the market, the near-term forward spread, 
has particularly behaved recently. It has to have unnerved these people and they are in the process of realizing everything that's going on, which is not what their outlook has said. But this is not just about the Federal Reserve. It's not just about stocks. It's not just about the U.S. This is going on overseas too, because today we got two central banks that are also hiking rates, but at the same time acknowledging they're in the rollover part of the process too. The Bank of England said, the committee continues to judge that if the outlook suggests more persistent inflationary pressures, it will respond forcefully as necessary. Again, the qualification, the same qualification. If the outlook suggests, well, the markets are saying that outlook has almost 0% chance of happening. So the Bank of England is starting to sound like it is done with its rate hikes too. Step one in the rolling over process. The ECB is a little bit further behind, but still making very clear noises along those lines. The ECB hiked rates by 50 basis points, but back in December, they said there would probably be three, at least three 50 basis point rate hikes in the first half of 2023. Now they're saying we did the one and there might be a second, no mention of a third. So the ECB is in its process of rolling over. And where that process of rolling over goes is from rate hikes that slow down to obviously the termination or the pause, and then the rate cuts follow. That's what markets are pricing. And to be clear, markets are not pricing rate cuts. They're pricing the monetary, financial, and economic conditions, which will cause central bankers to cut rates as they did in 2007 in 2008, because those are the only comparables that we see in the markets today. The level of inversions, the, near, the, the confidence to the point of near certainty in rate cuts eventually happening because of the lack of growth and inflation opportunities in the nominal economy that, we're, that the markets are projecting, all of that's on the table in the same way it was in 2007. And as Steve Van Meter and I talked about not long ago, I think it was earlier in January, it wouldn't be surprising to see stocks rally, at least initially, over the idea of this punch bowl. Because from where they sit, stock investors don't see that that's not punching the bowl. And pardon the visualization here, oh, there's tons of really filthy, nasty turds lurking beneath the surface. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge, sincere thank you to all the Eurodollar University members. Another thank you to all our research subscribers. Check out Eurodollar.university if you want to know what they're all what everybody's getting over there. And until next time, take care.